This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. We're thrilled today to be joined by a renowned cardiologist. We're joined by Dr. Robert Sperling. Dr. Sperling is going to tell us about his career, his practice, focuses for 2024, uh, what he's most excited about, what trends he's watching, a lot more. Dr. Sperling, can you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your career? Sure, thanks. Um, so I'm, I'm an interventional cardiologist. Uh, I grew up actually in the San Francisco Bay Area because my father and uh, family moved us out here uh, when I was three and a half to start a cardiology practice. And uh, I ended up going back east for training and came back here just over 20 years ago to join my father in practice, um, where I've been an interventional cardiologist now and director of the cath lab kind of uh, you know, for over a decade or so doing that kind of work. And um, so I work at Marin Health Medical Center, and that's where, you know, that's where I spend most of my time. And tell us about Marin Medical Center today. I know it's one of the most beautiful areas of the country. Tell us a bit about the, about the program there, about the Catholic, about the interventional cardiology program, and about Marin Health. Sure. So Marin Health, it's a medical center. It's a district hospital, so kind of owned by the district. It's an independent hospital, over 300 hospital beds. We've had a full service functioning cath lab for many years since since the 80s, actually. And I think when I was in practice, kind of learning at these sort of high powered institutions back east where we had all the bells and whistles at our fingertips. And when I was looking for a job, thinking I wanted to do the same and do the best for my patients, um, I was a little concerned coming to a small community hospital that I wouldn't have all the technology that I needed uh, for my patients. But I was uh, happy to find that actually years back, Marin Health was kind of at the forefront of all the new technology that I was using uh, back east in these large institutions we had in this small hospital. So it was an attractive place for, for me to work. And this small kind of community hospital has been involved with national studies doing thrombolytic therapy for stroke years ago, some of those original studies and have continued to attractive, attract kind of young and enthusiastic cardiologists who have stayed and developed kind of mature uh, careers here actually. And currently still involved with national and international device trials. And so it's been an exciting place to work and certainly a wonderful place to live. The nice thing about, about living here and working in a small community hospital uh, and being able to kind of do high level cardiology is we also have really meaningful relationships in a small community with our patients and, um, you know, with the community itself. So it's not, it's not an anonymous kind of relationship between uh, provider and patient here, uh, and it's a pretty special place to work, I think. And how nice is that, too, that you started practice with your father? That, that's sort of a different generation that did that, and that's a world that's changing very quickly, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. 
Very true. Very true. And, and, and talk about when you look at this um, year coming up, what are you most focused on and excited about? And what are the big stories that people are watching in interventional cardiology? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that I'm excited about is certainly um, a new procedure that was just FDA approved called uh, renal denervation. Um, so that's something that we just started doing at our hospital here. In terms of kind of trends in healthcare for interventional cardiology, but also kind of just general medical care, uh, I think is looking at our model of healthcare. And it's sort of, in a sense, has really become outdated and lags behind what, what technology offers. And what I mean by that is, you know, the old model of patient comes in and sees the provider to go over managing, for example, their cardiac risk factors like hypertension or cholesterol is, is um, you know, takes time and is a bit cumbersome. And I think we have a lot of data at our fingertips now because of technology, um, just data gathering, um, patient access to physicians, and how we manage this is really, we need to take a closer look and figure out how to do it. Um, for example, you know, we see a patient suggest a new antihypertensive medication and say, you know, come back in three months and we'll see how you're doing. That just doesn't work anymore. Patients have the ability to monitor blood pressures at home. They should be having a follow-up visit in a couple weeks and sort of see where to go with that. And we just don't kind of have the capacity for a single provider to do that for all, all our patients. So having a way to manage all this data, whether you know physicians or providers are doing that with, with nurses who are interfacing with patients, I think that's really important to figure out how we're going to do this uh, moving forward in the future. And of course, how is AI potentially going to fit in to healthcare is I think a huge issue that we're all kind of excited and are asking questions about. And, and let me ask you another question. You've had a remarkable career. You've come back to where you started from, at least where you grew up. What advice would you have for emerging leaders, emerging practitioners? What do you tell somebody who's who's you know just getting out of med school or residency as to how to look at their career and how to look at sort of the growth into leadership and just running a practice or being a great physician? What advice do you give somebody? Huh. It's a great question, and I I think there's many answers. I think on a personal level, I think what's really important is to try to figure out what your passion is to figure out how to how to keep yourself healthy sort of physically but also mentally with the uh, with the challenges of medicine and with managing all of the questions and concerns and um, of of our patients and with all the i mean i think one of the really one of the big issues is how technology although it offers so much how it's really gotten in between the doctor patient and the personal relationship that, you know, I think that's why we're all here on the planet is to have relationships. And I think when healthcare becomes, um, you know, video visits or phone visits or text messaging and uh, generating RVUs and it's, you know, we lose focus on, sitting down with our patients and connecting and listen to their stories. And I think that, you know, that 
the kind of business practice of medicine is really challenging uh, in terms of the relationships we have with each other as colleagues and also, you know, with our patients. Thank you. And how does that, when you look at the daunting shortages of physicians going forward, how do you look at that? And how acutely do you view those shortages? Like in your specialty, how hard is it to find an interventional radiologist? Or is it not so hard in San Francisco, but very hard in the rural areas or, or certain urban areas? How do you look at that? Because your point on communication relationships is such the human lifeblood for all of us in, in so many ways, at least for a great deal of our population. And it seems that with doctor, physician, time and hours compared to the size of the population, having just a simple supply and demand problem, is there any hope of getting back to more of that kind of visiting with patients, talking to patients? You learn so much more, patients are so much more satisfying, it's more satisfying for the professional. What, what do you see in that? Is, or, or a shortage is going to make that just very hard? Yeah, so a couple of things. So one is just to be clear, I'm an interventional cardiologist. Um, so interventional radiologist is a different training. A different totally, totally. I thought I had said interventional cardiologist. I obviously messed up. Totally. I, I apologize. I know that that's what you are. Sorry about that. Not, not a problem. Not a problem. Um, yeah, well, I think this kind of gets back to what I was mentioning before about how do we, um, you know, with with doctor shortages or provider shortages, how do we manage that? I think the thing is a lot of the time we spend in medicine to manage data can be done more efficiently and effectively through perhaps remote monitoring and maybe advanced practitioners or nurses that are overseen by a physician. Like a physician or advanced practitioner doesn't necessarily need to spend all the time with patients managing managing those details, like there can be protocols or there's pretty clear ways to, to approach what do we do if a patient's cholesterol isn't appropriately managed, then we do this, that, or the other thing. So on the one hand, you could go away from patients visiting doctors so much, but a lot of the things that need to get managed can be done kind of remotely or more efficiently with say nurses communicating with patients and doctors kind of overseeing it. But then there's more time maybe for physicians and advanced practitioners to then sit down with patients for annual review or for you know acute care issues rather than having kind of long-term management stable issues that we're spending a lot of time with. Not sure if I answered your question. I certainly don't have the answer. It is certainly a very big problem. No, it's certainly, you know, absolutely. And and what's been the most satisfying part of your career, would you say? Sitting down with patients and listening to them and feeling like I have time to listen to them, which is not always the case. Feeling like I'm sort of getting to know them or and specifically their goals and how I can be helpful. And trying to shift away from feeling like I need to make sure that I prevent anything bad from happening to this patient from a medical standpoint. And that's, I think, one of the things, as especially newly in practice, you feel so responsible for, for, for your patients. But I think that realizing that if you can sort of take a deep breath and partner with patients and connect with them and know that in your heart, you're there for them, then some of all the many details that keep us up at night maybe aren't quite as as critical as we always think they are. But that connection with patient, I think is really important and hard to foster, hard to figure out. 
Those are some of my thoughts on that question. No, thank you very much. I think that's that's terrific. Thank you. Anything else you'd love to share with listeners today about the future of medicine or the future of interventional cardiology? Well, um, I would say one of the things I'm looking forward to is learning more about uh, precision medicine and kind of genetic level, RNA level decisions or sort of what knowing what's actually going on in a patient, being more uh, precise with what we're doing for patients. Um, you know, I think medicine is still in many ways, Western medicine, kind of a, a blunt tool in many ways, very sharp, but in many ways are crystal balls to figure out you know, what's going to be helpful for patients. To, you know, needs a lot of help. There's areas where we're kind of working on that with, uh, with kind of more science to come in the world of precision medicine. Oh, fantastic. Dr. Sperling, I want to thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Uh, just fantastic what you're doing at Marin Health and what you've done in your career. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Scott. Really appreciate it. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way. Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.